Welcome to this special edition of the Vermont Conversation. I'm David Goodman, reporting from Barrie, Vermont. When the floodwaters receded this week, volunteers streamed into Montpelier and Waterbury and other flooded Vermont communities to help muck out. But Barrie, the granite city, has been hauling itself back to life largely on its own. The downtown was covered in deep mud, and the city public works department spent days sending snowplows through the streets to clear the mud. Some streets are still impassable. The city is still under a boil water notice. Saturday was the first day that volunteers were invited in, and people came in droves. I came to the Aldrich Public Library, where a long line of volunteers were lined up to get work assignments. Volunteer coordinators were sitting under tents with laptops and maps of the city spread out in front of them. One tent was for volunteers willing to do light work. Another was for heavy work. There was also a sign for residents needing help. Can I ask you your name and where you're from? Yeah, is that okay with you? My name is Sophie Veltrop. I'm from Montpelier. Actually, I live in Woodbury. And what brings you to Barrie today? Um, We were helping out in Montpelier yesterday and the day before and heard that the community support is ramping up here in Barrie, so thought we'd spread the love. What have you been doing in Montpelier? Uh, Mucking some basements, moving heavy furniture, uh, throwing stuff away. Was your home affected? Not mine. So what do you hope to do here? Um, I guess we're about to find out. We're in the heavy work line. We've got some tools, so it sounds like some some more of the same. Okay. Thanks. There's okay. Okay. shop water's no um, good. There's water this, and snacks this group of three people. I could take a few more. We're, Tara and I are also back from yeah, the same oh. one that was all done when oh, we got oh, there. Oh, okay. So I need four or five volunteers. Okay. You guys? Yeah. yeah, great. Okay. She's got the address. Masks, gloves, non-negotiable. We've got supplies over here. Please take them with you. We're on a boil water notice here in Berry City. Grab bottled water. We've got it here. Um, take care of yourselves. Listen to your body if you need to t- stop and take a rest. The homeowners, the boss, once you get there, listen to what they're requesting. And if it's beyond your capacity, please don't do what you're not capable of doing. But listen to them once you get there. This person has their name and address. Um, and listen to the road closures. If you need to park and walk in, please do that. If you get finished and you have it in you to come back and volunteer again, we'll be here sending you out again. Great, thank you. I'm David Goodman from Vermont Tigger. Hi. Um, can I just ask you what you're doing and how this is, the organization's happening? Here? Yes, my name is Becky. Um, I'm here volunteering. Uh, I believe this is a city effort. Uh, being coordinated. They've been taking in requests, triaging, um, and we're just sending people out where they're needed. What time did you start? 9.30 this morning. And what has turnout been like? I have no idea, honestly. (laughs) It looks busy here. (laughs) It does look busy. I would guess we've had at least a couple hundred people come through. Where are you from? I'm from Barry City. I live up the hill. My house was dry. I'm very fortunate, and so I'm here to help the other people who haven't been so fortunate. How do you feel like your community is doing? Um, I will say this has been really hard for our community. Um, Even people, I have a neighbor whose house was condemned yesterday who thought she'd made it through the flood. Um, And she's on a hill that they deemed was uh, not stable because of the water that's come through. Um, And so I think we're still reeling from, from this experience. But we've come together in a way 
that is just amazing. Um, everywhere I look, somebody is pitching in to help someone else who needs it. Has it taken some time? We're hearing that Montpelier is getting all the attention and Barry's forgotten. Do you feel like that's maybe changing? I think it is changing. We have an incredible community here. Um, and I'm just amazed at the people who've showed up um, to help us out. My name is Jonathan Williams. I'm a Barry City State Representative and also I work for the Vermont Food Bank. Do you think Barry has been getting the attention that it needs to recover? Um, Volunteers from the state, from FEMA? I think we've there's a lot of um, uh, support coming in from other municipalities. Um, I talked to Nicholas, our city manager, uh, and Jake Hemrick, our mayor, this morning, and we have a street sweeper that came here from Burlington. Uh, we have um, road crews coming in from all over the state. Uh, I, you know, Montpelier, our, our sister community, was just as devastated as, as we have been, and you know, a lot of the media coverage has been focused on them, rightfully so. They're the capital. Um, Barrie is is a less wealthy community than Montpelier. Um, I'm just hopeful that people don't forget about it. I just hope that people don't forget about us here. Um, Barrie is such a history. It's such a beautiful place to live. Um, we're, we're the Granite City. So, um, yeah, I'm hopeful that we continue to get the support that we need. With the disaster declaration being accepted uh, by President Biden, I'm hopeful that uh, funding for individual assistance and for businesses will roll in shortly. What does it mean to you to see the volunteers showing up today? Uh, it's it's very moving. Um, I worked to get um, a mutual aid spreadsheet going in the early days of the flood, uh, trying to do my part. Um, so I've been playing sort of a dual role as like as a legislator trying to spread good information, share out good information about um, resources that people can access through the state um, uh, and through other agencies, uh, but also just you know pitching in, helping clean up. Is it's we all. If we got two good hands and a good back, you gotta you gotta start hauling trash at some point, you know. So, um, doing doing our best here. It's really awesome to see so many people here today. Can you tell me your name and where you work? Sure. Uh, my name is Teddy Wazizak, and I'm here because I'm on the city council in Barrie. Okay. Right. Teddy, tell me how you feel the community is is doing at this point. Um, the community's all right. Downtown got really really hit bad and we've never seen anything like this in Barrie. I live up on Merchant Street which is one of the higher elevations in the city and the street was just a river for hours and hours and hours and that all poured into downtown so I think for a lot of folks the shock at least for myself the shock is just really starting to wear off the first couple days after were just surreal and it it it's very emotional it's very hard um, to see so many businesses who worked so hard to get through the pandemic and have done so much great work just get destroyed. And of course, the north end of town got hit really bad. That's when the governor and the federal delegation were here. They went down there and folks down there had water up to their chest in the first floor and were just left with over a foot of gross mud and sludge covering their um, neighborhoods. And that's what the North End still looks like. And so there's parts of town that are going to be able to recover in a couple weeks. And there's parts of town that it's going to be months before things are back to normal. Um, but it's, it's, it's been hard. It's been really hard. Do you feel like Barry has gotten the kind of attention it's needed? We, know, we see the pictures of Montpelier with lots of volunteers. What do you feel like it's been like here? 
It's been, um, like I said, the first few days were slower because we weren't ready for volunteers to come into Barrie yet. Um, but today, like I said, this place opened up a little after nine and we have had a line around the block of folks signing up and getting tasks since then. Um, I was talking to someone who lives in Montpelier and we were talking about the differences between how this flood hit and Montpelier got, um, they got a swimming pool in their downtown and then that swimming pool went away and they were able to clean it up. We got a river running right through our town and we were left um, with a mud pit basically that covered the entirety of downtown. So, uh, and that mud is also toxic because there's gas, there's chemicals, there's all sorts of stuff in it. So it wasn't safe for folks to come down and uh, work in that. So our public safety folks have been working, the Red Cross, the folks up at the Odd have been working 24 seven since the flood to get Barry into a place where we can receive volunteers. And now that we're in that place, it has been nonstop all day, so. What does it mean to you to see volunteers showing up in Barrie? Um, you know, I spoke to a guy earlier today who drove up from Manchester, New Hampshire to be here. We had um, food trucks feeding the folks at the shelter, um, the food trucks coming from New Jersey and all sorts of other places. All that stuff can go right over by the boots. Um, so uh, it's been wonderful to see folks come out, uh, not just people come out for our own community. My friends that just showed up, they live in Plainfield. Um, so there's folks from all over who are showing up to help. Um, and it's needed, so I'm glad to have them here. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing good. I'm very emotionally and physically tired. Um, but it's just been, I, I haven't been able to stay home and sit in my house. I don't feel, I haven't felt right doing that. Um, so, you know, I've been setting up sub pumps and shoveling basements and doing all the things that we need to do to clean up. Because, um, you know, I think we were all affected by this. So I know folks have been, um, some folks I've heard are cautious asking for help. Like, oh, folks in the north end of town have it so much worse, et cetera. And it's like, we were all affected by this. We all need help from this. And the only way we're going to be able to get through it is by working together and helping each other to recover. So um, I'm doing okay. Um, and I'm very much looking forward to uh, how great the city is going to look once these volunteers do their work. I walk down Main Street in Barrie. I pass a tent staffed by volunteers offering free cleaning supplies and I stop in at Vermont Bicycle Shop. A dozen volunteers are out back cleaning bikes. One woman is lovingly scrubbing a muddy bike wheel, making it shine again. Yeah. Can you tell me your name and your business? Uh, Darren Ole, Vermont Bicycle Shop in downtown Barrie. Tell me what happened to your business. Well, uh, we, we got about eight feet of water in the basement um, we're very fortunate, you know, we only got about a dribble of water on our showroom floor, so everything was really, on the main floor was good, you know, um, we, pre we prepared the best we could, we moved a lot of stuff upstairs, customers' bikes, you know, we just didn't have a lot of room once we got all of uh, the priority stuff upstairs, uh, kind of ran out of time between preparing here and at home, so... You know, um, now we're kind of dealing with the aftermath of it. And what was in the basement that got flooded? Uh, it's hard to say. Roughly between $125,000 and $175,000 worth of inventory. Bicycles mostly. Um, you know, we we moved we, we moved all the soft goods stuff, all the electric bikes, you know, all that stuff was out of there. We moved that out of there ahead of time. So, you know, this is stuff that we can fix, we can repair. That's what we do, so we're going to do it. 
right now. Describe the scene outside. It's quite <laughs> impressive. You know, it is. Uh, there's a huge community of people that have showed up for us. Um, it's it's uh, it's overwhelming how to show my appreciation for it. I don't know how to do it. Uh, you know, first two days we had over 20 people here. That's probably kind of been the average peak. Um, you know, I've always been bad at asking for help, uh, and I don't know if I did or not. <laughs> but they showed up for me, uh, and they've been amazing, um, you know, uh, stepping in in every way that I, I need it. You know, you kind of get scrambled in your head after a few days straight of this, and um, even that, you know. I don't know. We have an amazing community in Barrie. Uh, we get overlooked a lot, so we kind of show up for each other a lot more because of it, I think. How long has your store been here? Uh, we've been here seven years. Uh, yeah, been here seven years uh, as of last April. Has the bike community around Vermont kind of played a role in the recovery here? Yeah, I mean, that's who's that's who's here. You know, the people that we, we sell bikes to are, you know, we're real big on... I probably I'm really big on I sold you a bike on Tuesday and we're going for a bike ride together on Wednesday and you know that's that's we're really focused on that at the shop like the shop is where I am most of my time so when people come in there they're not they're not coming to my business they're coming to my home in a way you know and that's how we like to treat people when they come in and and, uh, and I think that's why we have this now is that there's there's no we don't believe in that line of delineation between customer and friend it's you know, and, it, and that's why everybody's here. This is the people we ride bikes with. This is the people that buy bikes from me. All of it, you know. They're the same people. Will your store survive this setback? I hope so. You know, um, I wish I could tell you that uh, property and... Uh, I wish I could tell you commercial insurance was awesome. It's not. It's an atrocious uh, necessity. Um I don't mind being a little bitter about it. I wish there was a, a better or different thing we could do besides pay some millionaire a bunch of money to not help us at all. Uh, I'd rather have given it to all these people instead, um, but we have to do it, and then they're just not going to help us. And um, so we're just going to have to, as a community, help ourselves, and that's that's it. I don't know. Will insurance cover your losses? Not at all. No, not not even like a conversation about it, you know. Just like a, you don't have flood insurance. If you did, we wouldn't cover anything in the basement anyway. Good luck to you. You know, it's a waste of time. What's your message to people who want to make sure you come through this okay? You know, uh, we're here to, to do good things, to good service. You know, bicycles by their own invention are a thing that serves the community and... We believe in that, um, you know, don't, I guess I would say match, match the shop local lift service with actions, you know, every piece of equipment I have out here came from Nelson Hardware, uh, you know, every piece of, you know, the, the boots I'm wearing from Lenny's, you know, these things, the coffee I'm drinking from Espresso Bueno, it's, it's, uh, you have to be that way, um. That's how this recovery happens, and that's how, uh, you know, 
that's the motion forward. Do that. Uh, we'll be here to be one of those places that are a local service and your money stays here because of that. I continue walking down Main Street past the iconic statue of the Italian-American granite worker that is a symbol of Barry's Italian pride. This is the entrance to North Barry, a working-class area of affordable homes that was ground zero for the flood this week. Police cars block the road and thick dust swirls about, making me cough and stinging my eyes. I walk over to Denti's Market, Barry's last corner grocery. The store dates back to 1907. Today, the sodden contents of the store are heaped on the sidewalk. I find its owner, Rick Denty, standing on the porch of a house that he owns just behind the market. Locals affectionately call Rick the mayor of North Barry. He is staring numbly at volunteers who are working hard, hauling away wet carpet and furniture from the house where his granddaughter lives. I ask him how he's doing. I did not expect the harrowing near-death story that he told me. I guess in a lot of aspects I'm feeling lucky to be here because I was rescued out of my business uh, at about midnight on Monday night with water up to my neck by my tenants. What did they do? They knew that I was kind of stuck in the building. Uh, I was trying to put stuff up as high as I could, but a lot, you know, I was basing a lot of it on past floods, never realizing that this was coming so fast and so high and so quick um, that by the time I realized that the water was, uh, my business has, uh, the lower level is the street level, and as you go to the back room, the floor level rises about 20 inches Uh, and I was in that area and I knew the water was rising but not even thinking how high it was coming finally it had gotten to just above my waistline and I went to go into the front area and I couldn't because it was it it was would have been right at my my neck level or above Uh, my legs were giving out so I knew that what hadn't been tried to save was not ever going to get saved. Uh, that somehow I had to get out of the building. But I didn't know how. Uh, I knew I had to shut the power off because I hadn't even shut the power off to my business yet, the main, the main power, which I went over and better than waste water and, you know, hit the breaker. Uh, and I had a flashlight, had my, had my cell phone, which I lost after. Um, went to my back door to try to get out, and of course it's got a deadbolt. Um, and to open a door with a deadbolt when you've got flood water pushed up against it is not an easy task. And I was trying desperately, and then I, all of a sudden I heard hollering and banging on the door from the outside. Uh, three of my tenants had come down their back stairs, ropes tied to them with a rope in hand, uh, and they got from the stairway over to the door 
secured the rope, secured themselves, and they were desperately trying to pull pressure off the door while floodwaters were right up, you know, to their chest level uh, so that we could at least open the door to get me out. And it took a while, but we finally were able to. And by the time that happened, the floodwaters were at my neck. My legs were ready to give out and, and which, you know, now I know how being in water like that, that, you know, I couldn't control my legs wanting to give out. And if they did, I would have just gone underwater. And there's nothing I could have done about it because uh, you, just, you just sink. I could, have, I could feel that happening, but someone was watching over me. besides my tenants. And we got the door open. They grabbed me and pulled me out, got the rope around me, got me around the corner and up the stairs on the porch. A couple of the other tenants had warm towels and stuff right, uh, right there to put on my legs. Uh, which they did to get me somewhat back to the normal with that and w which did happen we got that taken care of uh, and then uh, I needed to get home and we got hold of the, the boat rescue boat that was running around moving people out of the flooded area and they came literally threw me into the boat and what people tell me there's a TikTok video floating around there somewhere that uh, and it must have been taken by the rescue people that uh, shows them picking me up and literally throwing me from halfway up the stairway into the boat um, and uh, they brought me up the street to uh, the shopping center area where the fire department uh, picked me up and brought me home. Uh, it, it was not something I'm going to forget. But I'm here to talk about it, so that's the main thing, I guess. I'm glad you made it. You had a lot of people looking out for you. Yeah, I do. Sounds like the community's not ready to let you go just yet. Not yet. Although they think I should retire, but I, I, I just have, I'm a different work ethic than a lot of people have today, and uh, unfortunately. And, you know, I mean, at times change. Um, I like what I was doing. Uh, it's probably going to be at a little lesser scale now um, just because we're going to lose a lot of inventory that we had. Um, but I'm hoping with this challenge I'll get back to uh, business to some, some extent. And we'll see. We'll see where it goes. And maybe we'll be able to go beyond the 116-year mark and 
Make it 117, 18, maybe, I don't know. Time will tell. Uh, Anything you want to add that I haven't asked you? I enjoy the sun <laughs> <laughs> for today. It, it actually was a nice rain last night. It did wash a lot of mud away and, and not wash it away, but kind of, you know, patted it down a little bit. Um, you know, it, it hopefully we got more sunny days coming. Rick motions for me to follow him into Denty's Market. His son Kevin and daughter Karen are inside the heavily damaged store. Food coolers are flipped over and filled with mud, and the floor is still wet with brown slime. Kevin and Karen are salvaging collectibles that Rick sells, antique Coke bottles, an old typewriter, and an old sign welcoming people to Barry, the granite center of the world. I have one last question for the mayor of North Barry. A lot of your neighbors in Barry have been knocked down pretty hard. You've been through this a number of times. What's your advice to them for how you get through this? Think positive and look forward. That's my advice to everybody. My heart and my love go to all of you. That does it for this special edition of the Vermont Conversation. I'm David Goodman, reporting from Barrie.